everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. <laughs> How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. <laughs> Seriously? Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 208th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss... All things Jurassic Park. In this first episode for November, we are back with your letters and your calls for the Jurassic Mailbag. Jennifer Evans joins me once again to sift through the mailbag, get to the bottom of all your thoughts and your concerns, and uh, hopefully answer some of your questions in the best possible way. I don't know if it's going to work out. We'll see. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but (laughs) we probably don't. But um, just in case you do want to be a part of the mailbag in the coming months, you can go ahead and call our voicemail line, 732-825-7763. You can email us audio files or your questions to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, or you could head to our contact page at JurassicParkPodcast.com to fill out the contact form. Even though you have not heard this episode just yet, we are already collecting questions for the next mailbag, and we already have so many, so stay tuned for for next month, I guess. But before we get started, I'd like to go ahead and take care of some business. So as you guys know, uh, this is just the first week here of November, and Halloween just passed, and we here at the Jurassic Park Podcast love doing Halloween episodes, where... It's basically just a special episode devoted solely to Halloween and the holidays, spooky stuff, Jurassic Park, everything, all the above. And uh, we had a a really fun time putting together our last one. So if you've not listened to that, I know it's past Halloween. Uh, I know everybody's trying to get into the next holiday uh, enough. Just just stick stick with Halloween. Always be Halloween. It's it's always accept- acceptable for spooky stuff, for ghosts, for all that good stuff. So listen to that episode because it was a lot of fun. We did um, kind of like an Are You Afraid of the Dark style vibe where uh, I read these uh, intros to the stories that we played. And it was, you know, our first story was kind of like uh, a, a story about Tim's trauma from Jurassic Park and his nightmares that he's still having to this day. Um, and then we also had one that was about Battle at Big Rock and uh, the, the news going down there to kind of capture the moment and see what was happening in that uh, in the aftermath of the events there. Um, and then we had uh, a haunting from Lockwood Estate there, so that was pretty fun. That was pretty... I loved, like, hearing that one. That was definitely a spooky one. Um, and we also had kind of a take on uh, the the Raven from Edgar Allan Poe. So that was pretty awesome. I loved that. That was, like, it was just the raptor. So it was, it was so much fun. Such a great episode. I loved putting that one together. Loved getting all those contributions from everybody in the podcast community. Um, but, yeah, so go check that one out. 
And uh, last week over on YouTube, we didn't really do a whole lot. Um, I just kind of skipped all, all the way over to like Thursday before I actually did anything, I think. So Thursday was Halloween and I just did a live stream with that uh, that episode in the live stream and a little intro and outro from Kylo Ren himself <laughs> made an appearance in the live stream. So yeah, that was pretty uh, that was pretty fun. And then we did uh, Tom Tom Fishenden's episode 16, I believe of the Claire's Sanctuary playthrough. So he is still going strong. We have more episodes still coming your way. So keep your eyes peeled this week as well. As far as everything else is concerned, I don't really know. I got to start editing something for YouTube. Uh, I'm kind of falling behind there, but uh, I'll probably get you guys something for Monday. And then Wednesday, I am planning um, a discussion based around uh, uh, canon, I guess. You know, and uh, what is canon what are the levels of canon uh, what is not canon and something called soft canon which is a thing uh that we'll be discussing so we're gonna we're gonna take into account everything from you know the books to the movies and everything in between the live tour uh video games we'll talk all that good stuff because there's a lot to vent about i think so i'm gonna be talking about that wednesday night so if you are um, on the East Coast, that'll probably be around 9.30-ish, 10 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time uh, at night. So so stay tuned for that over on YouTube. And then, like I said, episode 17, I believe, from Tom Fishenden's Claire's Sanctuary playthrough. But enough of all that. I'm just I'm trying to breeze through this intro, intro for you guys because we have another mailbag, another great episode for you guys. So why don't we go ahead and kick this episode off by digging into the Jurassic Mailbag. Jurassic Mailbag. 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 Jurassic Mailbag never fails. It makes me wag my dino tails and Brad and Jen, your Jurassic Mail. It's Jurassic Mailbag with Brad Jost and Jennifer Tarek. Welcome back, everybody, to the Jurassic Mailbag for the month of November. I am not ready for this. I am still thinking Halloween. Um, I I don't want to start thinking about any other holidays. I'm not going to even mention them. But, uh, you know, we've got some fun stuff for this episode. We've got a bunch of voicemails. we got some emails and website submissions and all that stuff. So, Jen, how are you doing? You ready to get into some uh, some mailbag stuff here today? Hey, yep. Happy day after Halloween. <laughs> that just gave away when we felt more filming, not filming, recording. Do you know how this works? But, no, I don't. You should know. I don't know what I'm doing by now. Oh, this I can I can already tell this. We have I feel like we haven't really gone off the rails recently. We've been pretty good, pretty like, you know, sticking to the, the script and just going down the line. But uh, today I'm feeling like we might get off the rails. I feel like it's due, and I feel like it's what the people want. <laughs> it's like late in the year, and we're like, all right, enough of this already. <laughs> it's it's time for the rails. Yeah, but I, I mean, Halloween, it was just, it, how does, how do we go from Halloween to all of a sudden everybody's like, all right, time for the other holidays now, and I'm like, no, I'm still, I still want to be spooky, I still want to be scary, I'm still into watching Ghostbusters and eating candy. Uh- 
I know. I miss Halloween so much already. I didn't realize it until maybe the 30th or the 29th when I realized, oh, man, it's a, it's like almost there. We're, we're almost approaching and I'm going to miss it. I'm, I'm ready for next Halloween. I just love October. It's so mm-hmm. hard to let go of October. Yeah, I will say it has felt like a long spooky season. Maybe it's because like Disney decides to start their Halloween stuff <laughs> start in, in like August. July. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that's why. But, uh, you know, we've been seeing imagery from it and all that. And, hey, I mean, Jurassic's spooky all year long. We did our Halloween uh, special this year, which was just a blast. I absolutely love that. Um, So, yeah, I'm always in the mood for some spooky stuff. I know. I'm going to miss it. I'm ready. I I don't want it to end. But, unfortunately, we do have to go into the holidays coming up. Shh. No, coming no. up. I didn't no, say coming now. Up, coming up. Coming up. <laughs> All right. So coming up here, why don't we go ahead and get this one kicked off with uh, a voicemail here from Monster Man Alex. What's going on, dude? I know you've been uh, hitting us up. You've been like on a uh, listening spree over on YouTube for like a little while now trying to catch up from the very beginning. So uh, let's hear what you got to say, man. Hi. This is Monster Man Alex from YouTube and Instagram. And I just wanted to ask a question about something I've noticed and has always bothered me. Because I just finished episode 60 about the unanswered questions. And I couldn't help no one covered something that bothers me personally. We know Jurassic Park 3, it had some, some rough production. Oh. But I think what bothers me is just a bad editing. But... At about 43 minutes in, we see it's right after Billy goes, where's Alan? And so we cut to Alan, and he's running, and he is opening Billy's lucky pack way before the aviary scene. It's clear as day. He is opening the bag with the eggs. <laughs> so he should have he should have known, unless he just wanted to keep it secret because he's a drama queen. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't know why he did it. <laughs> but it was probably just bad film out it, and it doesn't matter. Uh, love the podcast. All right, bye. That's funny. <laughs> huh. So what he was he was opening it up. What did he say? Forty three minutes in, I think. Yeah, um, forty three minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the the movie upper here, f- uh, and see what's going on here. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check here, Monster Man Alex. Thank you, you know, again for listening and. Uh, calling in and everything, scrubbing through the video here. We got 40. Uh, all right, so we're at, oh, there we go. Skip ahead just a little bit. 42, 47. All right, so Billy is looking for his lucky pack. Raptors are running in. I'll turn it up for you guys so you can hear it a little bit. Head for the trees. Udesky is just getting trampled. <laughs> All right, we're at what time? 43.05. I think he said 43, right? Yeah, 43, I think. Okay, we got Udesky here. About to get eaten. I like how you had this pulled up. Like, you had Jurassic Park 3 just, like, ready to go. <laughs> I have all of the uh, digital copies on my phone, so it was easy enough. This is just my phone playing it right now. <laughs> So here's Grant. Oh, no, that's not Grant. That's Billy. Um, I know. I don't know my characters apparently. I don't see Grant anywhere. 
Where's Grant? Maybe he didn't say 43. I should probably check. <laughs> Story said 43. Oh, here's here he is. Here he is. He's got the bag. He's he looked down towards the bag. Oh, he's yeah. He's he just went into the bag. It looked like, unless he was just trying to get the straps. Mm, maybe he was just trying to get the straps. Not that I'm watching, but I could see that. <laughs> you saw it. <laughs> for the straps, you know. You know what um, I want though. I think that's and I probably got to be everyone else wants is yeah. you narrating just every Jurassic movie with like that's it. Yeah, just you narrating it. You know what's funny? Um, our our YouTube um has been doing really well with uh, our Lost World uh commentary. For some reason, that is always one of our our most watched videos, like each and every week. I don't understand why, because we did this. Um, I think it was the twentieth anniversary of the Lost World, so that was what uh, two years ago now. So people are still watching that that commentary like crazy. It's it's awesome. I'm I'm really appreciative of that. But uh, wow. I I think we've only done two. Two commentaries, to be honest. I think we just did Jurassic World and The Lost World and just skipped everything else. <laughs> so I'd like to go back. I I have plans, like grand plans to do more commentaries and stuff like that. But like like you like you're saying, like one by myself, one with other people, like all the same movies just over and over again. But um yeah, I just don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, commentaries are so much fun. I love listening to yeah. them and everything, but they are very time consuming because you yeah, do you're talking... the whole, whole time to do them. You know, it's a long yeah. time, a day, like to do, and they have to edit. And yeah. But I enjoy listening to commentaries. I always have. I'm watching again here. Grant is fumbling around the bag, and it does look like he's he's trying to open it, but I'll say, Alex, here that. He is just looking for the strap to to carry it because he's holding it like with two hands in front of him as he's trying to run away from the the dinosaurs. I, I'm assuming he's not necessarily looking in the bag, but just pulling the straps to kind of put it around him. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe you're right. Maybe it, maybe it is. Uh, he is looking in and he's just being you know dramatic later on. Like I, I need to think of a way to. <laughs> to to um, embarrass Billy in front of everybody so that he goes off and jumps off a cliff with a <laughs> parachute. I don't know. But I don't know. Was that was that all he said? <laughs> was that the only thing? Yeah, that was it. Just that one inconsistency. I want to go on the editor's side, though, and say sure. maybe it is just the straps. I mean, that's a big oversight. Yeah, they, I mean, um... stuff like that happens, but... There's plenty trying to eat the bed, so I'm like trying to stop her <laughs> as I do this. <laughs> oh, the adventures. She's like trying to eat it. What the heck? I don't know what's happening. Anyway. That happens, you know, just like it. just like editing gone wrong, you have a cat that tries to eat a bed every now and then. Oh my gosh, she's like ripping <laughs> it apart. Anyway. Well I'll say I'll say the editing overall is kind of weird in this movie anyway. So it's probably one of my least favorite parts of that movie. Uh, the editing and the directing is a little iffy at times. Um, I love Joe Johnston, but like he just doesn't get everything right in this movie. Um, but it could be a whole you know list of things that went wrong. And, and like he like he said, the production was not all that great. Like it very wasn't like a, a stable project the entire time. But 
Um, I don't know. I think this is just something that uh, us as fans tend to look like extremely hard into each and every scene. So I don't know. I think it's just it's nothing. It's I wouldn't worry about it too much, Alex. No, I mean, this movie in general, bad editing, bad directing, bad whatever. You just got it's just fun to watch. You just got to watch yeah. it for fun. That one, that that's one for that. That is a yeah. It really is a fun uh, <laughs> entry into the series. I love putting it on. Just you know, if I if I don't really want to fully pay attention, I'll throw that one on easily. Uh, obviously, I do pay attention when I watch that that movie from time to time. But you know, if I'm just like editing something like a like the podcast or writing something or doing something else i'll just throw that on because it's easily digestible it's such a mm-hmm. a nice piece of work to just like digest real quick and easy where you don't have to really think too much or i know it sounds kind of insulting and all that but it uh it's it's just an easy watch for sure i think and i like that the franchise has a movie like that it does have an easygoing one that if you catch it in the middle on tv you don't you don't you're just like yeah, it's fine that's comforting like i'll just throw mm-hmm. it on and it's comforting but if you like jurassic park is on tv today and we turn it on right when the helicopter was like descending on the island i'm like oh i missed the beginning and you and you then you get into it and it's a whole thing but if for jurassic park 3 if it's on it's on and where it is it is and it's nice yeah. it's nice to have a background Some, noise sometimes you have to walk away just before the um the flea circus scene <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, not no. with Jurassic Park 3 <laughs> who pulled me away from the flea circus to do a podcast I'm so sorry mm. I'm so sorry it's <laughs> <laughs> fine all right so so thank you monster man Alex I'm sure we'll hear from you again sometime in the in another episode or on YouTube um this next one is an email from Jared um it was a little bit longer I did just kind of edit it down real quick it's still a decent length here but um it says hello Hopefully, I avoid rambling here. <laughs> Spoilers, I don't. Uh, he said that. Uh, he said, my name is Jared from Iowa. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Thank you, dude. Um, he said, I wanted. I first wanted to say thank you for reading through this email because it's an idea that I've been going back and forth with in my head for several years now, and I'm interested to get your thoughts on the matter. As more and more comes out with the Jurassic logo on it, movies, games, books, toys, etc., there seems to be a rather significant portion of the Jurassic fan base who take the time to not only complain about the lack of variety in those things associated with Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, but tear down bit by bit. There can be great constructive criticism uh, but there, that, but then there's a level of critique that seems to overstep a boundary as a fan looking from the outside in. I do want to say that there are plenty of people in the community who take the time to really recognize how great it is to live in a period where the Jurassic franchise is alive and thriving after so many years of questions and complete silence about the future. It gets frustrating when I hear people tear down the work of an artist who is giving the world their vision. Everyone has their own ideas on how to make a franchise like this great, but it doesn't have have to come at the expense of someone else's hard work. Anyway, thank you again for reading through this. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the difficulties among mag- managing fan fandoms and keeping people happy with the idea that their favorite thing is living a very successful existence, even though you may not like how they're going about it. Keep up the great work, work with the podcast. Thank you, Jared. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally, I totally, um, 
can see straight into this email and just understand each and every word that he's talking about because um you know it, not even just the fan base though like if you consider just cuz Jurassic Park is such a widely known commodity a widely loved commodity a widely just like like just casually watched commodity so people just like Jurassic Park like there's no way around it it's uh, you rarely find somebody who dislikes this this at least the first movie um mm-hmm. so pretty much everybody has a thought when it comes to the future of the franchise and where it's gone where it's been um so it, it's very very hard to deal with all that to be honest I, I i will definitely say that um because you know he asked about uh the difficulties on, on managing fandoms and it's not like we're trying to keep everybody in check or do anything like that but um, when you're a part of a, a community and specifically in our case where, you know, we are managing communities in a way where, you know, we have to deal with uh, the podcast community, our, our profiles online, our, our social media platforms. And, and same with you with, with Bryce. Um, it, it's, it's a lot to deal with and a lot – you see like a lot of interaction from the good and the bad. Um, so, of course, we both come into contact with – um, you know, naysayers and stuff like that, whether it's inside the community or outside the community. And yes, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of value behind people's questions and concerns and issues with with the with the the ongoing series and, and it's totally understandable. I think from my perspective that people don't like what's going on in some case some cases. Um I I get it every now and then. I, I don't love each and every aspect, but uh, I, the way I manage my own fandom is that I like to pick and choose what I like, at least from a film or a novel or a game or whatever it might be, and focus on the good things. So um, I think that's really what you got to do is is focus on yourself and and what you like because it it is hard, especially when you're you're online and you're trying to take part in the community, but things are not going the way you like the conversation, the conversation's not going like the way you want it to go. It's, it's tough. I'm sure you, you have, you have, uh, you see this a lot too, Jen, right? Yeah. I mean, I gotta say, I think I said this a couple of times coming into the fandom. Um, I think I came on the online fandom of Jurassic about when it premiered, um, with 3d, when it came out in theaters with 3d is when I yeah. kind of, I always, always loved it, you know, but I got into the community around then and my whole life, I've always loved Jurassic park three. I never had a problem with it, but as soon as I came in the community, there was so much negativity telling me not to like it that I was second guessing myself. I'm like, wait a sec. I got to like focus on me for a sec. Cause everyone was kind of guiding my views on that. Like wait, I like Jurassic park three. I still do. And I got back to that, but for the moment, yeah, all that negativity was affecting my personal point of view. And I thought that's so weird, but it does kind of consume you when you get into it. So I could see entering this fandom, then being taken aback by the negativity. And it is confusing because it's like, I get it that they love it so much that they want it to be, what they want it to be all the time and so done well and they criticize it that way but there's definitely a line though that you see where people just criticize every possible thing and i do like um that this email mentioned about the the art like appreciating the art of what someone did and then to criticize someone's vision i i liked i liked how he worded that that was that was nice because exactly. i think that's lost a lot you know with people's mm-hmm. opinions and what they want Someone put a lot of time, a lot of work, and a lot of money, and a lot of effort 
into this and then for someone to come in blindly say it sucks i hate it it's the worst thing ever they ruined the franchise and all this over dramatic crap i mean that's just heartening and then you're gonna be affecting people's opinions like what happened to me with jurassic park 3 i mean it is hard to deal with that but one thing that laura dern always says that kind of sticks with me which is nice and ironic and fits here she always says keep your eyes on your own paper and i I try to live by that now because that's a really good thing because other people have so much influence and power if you give them that. But if you keep your eyes on your own paper, I mean, if I love Jurassic Park 3, I'm going to love Jurassic Park 3. And whatever this guy loves, just keep loving it and forget about those those people. If they're negative or not, just who cares? Yeah. I mean, like I said, sometimes there there is some value behind like constructive criticism. But, you know, he specifically points out here that people like to tear down the work of artists and, they and do, that, yeah. that has really been the case with this franchise, like the, especially the, the, the world Jurassic world movies. Um, people really are insistent on tearing down the work of, of these movies. And it's, it's, I don't get it. Like I can understand not liking them. I can understand not liking the direction of where they've taken it and, and, you know, maybe the cast, maybe the 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 director itself. I don't know, but I I just don't understand like personal attacks and stuff like that. And 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 I know we've talked about this plenty of times, but the the Star Wars community had this same kind of issue where they the fandom personally attacked stars from the movie, directors, all this stuff, and yeah. specifically stars like literally left the social media space, and and I'm sure it tarnished a lot of their their hopes and joys and. And outlook on the franchise in a way because because of the uh, people who are just disrespectful to the work that went on and and if you don't like it just just don't like it like that's you know don't don't be mean don't be um, arrogant or, or you know forceful about your own opinions and that goes the same way of, of people who really like something and who who think it's good. It, there's no sense in forcing your opinion on somebody who doesn't like it, especially on the internet, because you're never going to win in any case, whether it's whether you think it's good or bad. You, nobody's going to convince anybody otherwise. It's very, very difficult. And um, we like to promote positivity here, especially with the, the series and the movies and, and everything. Not because we want to enforce you know, our views on you, but just because that's, we don't really care to be all that negative here. And we don't really have reason to, you know, so that's why, we just like to have fun with everything, to be honest. Yeah. Like, but um, I mean, yeah, if you don't like something, like you said, attacking attacking people like that, or even over influencing a fandom of if you have an excited fan excited about a scene or a movie, and then you have this person saying, "Oh, well, I think it sucked. I think it was the worst thing ever," and here's why. Like, why do you got to rain on people's parades for? Like, just just let them go, let them enjoy it because you're you're in it. All these people worked hard on it. These people love it, and then. You're going to come in and just stamp on it for no reason. Like regular criticism, like that makes sense and that's valid, fine. But people who just come around stomping on people's enjoyment and just ruining the whole vibe of things, that's that's not necessary. Yeah, it's a, it's really tough. And I, yeah, I don't like, like you said, vibes being ruined, like people's outlook on things being ruined. And, and yeah. it's just, yeah, you're just tearing down a community when you don't necessarily have to. Um just have fun with it. If you don't like something, like I have plenty about these movies that I dislike uh, and from every movie pretty much, you know, like most mm-hmm. movies, there's always something that I can pinpoint uh, that I just, I don't like that scene or I don't like the way they did that thing. And, you know, it's just, 
the way it is. And yeah, maybe Jurassic Park 3 takes a lot of that brunt of, of the conversation when it comes to things that people don't like or even The Lost World gets a lot of hate as well. Um, but, you know, every movie has something. Even Jurassic Park, guys, has a lot to critique. So let's not act like Jurassic Park is is flawless in every sense because there are certainly things in there that you can tear apart if you wanted to. But yeah. there's no need. There's no need. Well, see, I- a good example, I think, is I'm, I don't like Fallen Kingdom that much. I have a lot of problems with it in a lot of ways. Jen, you're wrong. But you're wrong. I, I know. I, I, I love it, though. I know. <laughs> I don't talk about it. I don't I don't repeatedly, repeatedly. I just don't talk about it at all, except the parts that I like. I don't talk about all the bad parts. And when I see people commenting about it, actually, a part of me is like, oh, good. I'm glad somebody got it. I'm glad somebody enjoyed it. I'm glad they enjoyed this part. Like, it makes me happy when I see someone enjoy something that I didn't really care for. It's just like, good, still doing well for somebody. Just didn't do it for me. So I'm not even going to talk about it. Like, I don't try to put them down. I just ignore it. Yeah. There's sometimes where, uh, specifically, like, with these movies now, um, people are out there making video essays and reviews and podcasts and everything about um, a movie based off of one viewing without the critical assessment there that's really needed to analyze something like this. Um, And it it has very much bugged me, especially being in a position where we do this every day, every single day we are involved in some sort of discussion like with this, this film franchise and, and extended into books and everything else and games. So there have been times where, like, I, I've watched people who criticize the films, like, especially Jurassic World, based off of, like, incorrect information and, and stuff that is completely not factual at all. Those That is the hard thing for me because I like to sit there and be like, guys, you're not – this is – not right like i want to sit there and and tell you guys i want to tell you guys what you're saying is is just not accurate and i'm not saying based off of a critical perception of something i mean you just described the movie incorrectly that is not what happened this is not who that person is this is not what's going on you completely misinterpreted the entire thing because that's literally not what happened on screen so that's the hard one for me is is trying to uh, work your way around those kind of comments. I, I find that very difficult. Yeah, yeah. When they're when they're falsely representing it, and um, then being negative about it, that's the worst. Yeah, but you know, you just got to do what you can do. You know, uh, it's everything everything that finds a level of, of success is gonna find its detractors, and it doesn't matter. You know, it, it just have fun with it. Like I, I was literally saying, I actually my my family was over for Halloween and we were watching Ghostbusters and I I said to my mom I was like I didn't even know people disliked Ghostbusters 2 until (laughs) I was an adult like you were saying about you know Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park 3 and and I I just I didn't understand like because when I was a kid I watched Ghostbusters 2 constantly and I thought it was great and I still do but now you're like like you said you're kind of like second guessing you're like was I wrong in thinking that? And now I think about yeah. it every time the movie's on. I'm like, what is it about this that people don't like? Exactly. And, and I think that about The Lost World. I'm like, I get yeah. it. I, I, The gymnastics, sure, maybe it's not the greatest thing in the world, but like, I love that moment. I think it's fun. I, I enjoy it. So it is one of those things where I'm like, I didn't even know people dislike the gymnastics stuff. 
Yeah, see, that's yeah. the thing. Even when, when I first started listening to your podcast and, like, first getting into the fandom, like I said back then, I didn't know the things that people disliked. Like, and now it's, like, a trend. It's, like, peer pressure. You're, it's known that this is liked and this isn't. And it's just a general consensus in the fandom. And I'm like, who? how did this happen? Like, they're just random things that are just known that this is what we don't like and this is yeah. what we do like. And that's you know, it. It kind of comes Weird. down to, like... Um, the, like review society in general like like amazon you know you see you tend to like feel like you see negative reviews and and stuff like that and you're like oh i saw a few negative reviews therefore i'm not going to make the purchase but like so many people just don't leave positive reviews you know they just like the thing and that's it you know yeah. <laughs> they don't even go back never, to say they liked it i've you never know? left a review on amazon <laughs> in my life you're part of the problem, Jen. I am. I, I like a lot of things. I love these pair of jeans that I buy. I buy multiple of the same pair, and I've never left a positive review. I guess I should. You should. I mean, I don't do it either. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Is like, you know, people, the second people dislike something, they're like, oh, I had the worst experience ever with this thing, or this hotel was bad, or my trip yeah. was bad, or whatever it was. Like, But, you know, you rarely go back and say, like, I loved this thing. I had a great time. You know, if, if it really, really impacted you, you probably will. But um, if you just had a good experience, like you just tend to forget about it and move on with your life. So it's hard. It's very hard to to manage, uh, you know, this kind of critique and, and fandom and everything. So, you know, good luck with you, uh, Jared, <laughs> with your with your, you know attempts to to manage your own fandom stay strong stay yeah. strong don't change your opinions yeah yeah uh so thank you for that one let's go ahead and move on to a voicemail here uh from philip what's going on dude play hey uh hope you're doing well Brad. it's philip uh calling in again doing good i have i have a question so i'm watching uh fallen kingdom with my uncle right now Ooh. and like i just thought like and I thought of this before, like, it was one of the plot holes that kind of just irks me, like, the truck. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, here, here he's going to say, he's like, I just was thinking I really, really dislike Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> like, how nobody notices the truck going on through the Arcadia. And they're like, maybe we should check that out. Uh, but, like, why doesn't, why don't Mills and Wheatley just immediately kill Claire Nolan? I mean, the fires aren't there yet, so nobody will hear gunshots. So like, yeah. Why <laughs> don't they just immediately kill them after like Mills? Claire breaks Mills' glasses. She, she breaks his glasses, and he's like, as far as they're concerned, they burned up on the island. Kill them. <laughs> like it would be that simple. Yeah, it's just a, a plot hole. I was wondering your thoughts on it. Uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, have a great day. Oh, well, man. we have a theme. We have a theme. It's it's plot holes is our theme this week. <laughs> Wait, month? Yeah. This month? <laughs> uh, I don't know what day it is. You know, when it comes to this specific plot hole, um, I guess you could say, um, this happens in almost every movie. Like, yeah. the bad you guys. You can end every movie. You can <laughs> yeah. end every movie in the first five minutes if you wanted to. Yeah. The bad guy is... It, they always talk too much, and they always like to keep the uh, the heroes alive for some odd reason. Um, so it's it's kind of like one of those things that like after like it happening in every possible movie that has ever existed, you know, you're just like it's just the way movies roll. You know, there's no way around it. Like uh, I don't know. 
you could look at that like in in everything. So if you watch like Marvel movies or any literally anything, it it would be over in a matter of seconds. And actually, I had a funny conversation today, um, sort sort of based around a plot hole with Back to the Future Two. Jen, have you have you ever watched that one? Yes, I've seen all three Back to the Future. Good, good. All right, so um, we were talking about um, the scene where where Doc finds out that Marty bought the uh, Gray's Sports Almanac so he could reference sports uh, outcomes and stuff when he goes back to 1985. So Doc takes it and he just throws it in the garbage. Um, so we were just talking about like, hey, what? It's 2015. Why is Doc not recycling? <laughs> and we went we went into this like long conversation about recycling habits and we're like, well, Doc is technically from 1985, so therefore his recycling habits are not up to the standard of people in 2015. And then I like looked up like recycling reports from 1985 and it turned out like something like 10% of the United States recycled at that point in time, so that's a very low uh thing and then but then we started talking about the fact that Doc made the the time machine with a recycling fuel feature on the vehicle. So we're like very confused about the whole recycling thing. And if Doc had just taken the magazine and recycled it into the vehicle, the movie would have been over. And there would have been no more movie after that because then, you know, they would have went back to 1985 and everything would have been fine. So... Stupid plot holes can get the better of you and just, you know, like like Jared was saying in the last email, it's just like you just fall down like a rabbit hole and – oh, and th- that was one thing that he – going back to the last one is is like something that I've I've tried to lean off of doing this a lot is, is you know, saying what I think would have been better. So that's kind of a tough one to wrangle as well because like – you you think you know a better way to do things or or a better way to like write the scene but um it, the the scene's already written it's already filmed it's already released like it's kind of you can keep harping on those things like say like oh you should have done this but the movie would have ended and it would have been over or whatever so yeah. it's very hard to manage like that kind of expectation as well so with, specifically with like plot holes I mean, even in that vein, if you want to, if you want to end in a certain way or put something in a certain way, you might like that. But there's someone out there who would be like, "Oh, I wish they would have done this or something." So <laughs> you can't win, really. No, no, there's no winning. But yeah, I mean, as far as them just getting taken out in that moment, yes, that is certainly it would seem like the smart thing to do from the bad guy's perspective, right then and there. But. um it just never happens. Literally never no. happens. Like it's just a comical plot point now that the the villain just talks too much while the hero's thinking of a, a plan to get out of, you know, containment or whatever it may be. So yeah, just a funny thing to to look out for when you watch other movies. You know, you always you're always gonna see them talking way too much. Yep. So let's move on here to the next one. This is a an email from Leighton. It says, hey, Brad and Jen, it's Leighton from June. Um, from June. Is that like a place or is this from, from June? Like it was written in June. Um, it says, I am now 13 after a Jurassic-tastic birthday. That was hard to read, wow, that word. 13. Jurassic-tastic. Yeah, because I, I believe Leighton wrote in last time and said, you know, I'm 12. So wow. 
I am uh, I am now 13 after having a Jurassic-tastic birthday. Congratulations on 200 episodes. Been a while. Um, my questions are, one, how would you feel about a movie about the creation of either Jurassic Park or Jurassic World? Two, what is your favorite Mattel dinosaur? Question mark. Uh, why did I say question mark? I don't know. Um, mine is tied between <laughs> the Indominus Rex and the Mosasaurus. <laughs> Bye for now. Sorry, I just cracked up in the middle of it because I'm like, I'm I'm speaking as if I'm like talking to my car when I'm trying to text while driving. Like, you know how like <laughs> when I'm like, all right, I say a sentence and I say, it's Leighton from June, period. Because I want my <laughs> phone to write a period. What a descriptive that was of how you were talking. Like you were ta- trying to text from your car with... Yeah, well, no, an interesting description. It happens to me every day because my car is plugged in or my phone's plugged into my car. (laughs) And therefore, when I talk, I hit the button on my dash and it says, what do you want to say? And I say, hi, it's me. I'm I'm here, period. And I have to say period out loud for it to write the period. So for some reason, 2019 description of anything (laughs) I've ever heard. If only my phone could know punctuation from my my vocal patterns. Oh. Uh, then I wouldn't have to say question mark out loud. Um, That's 2020. That's coming 2020. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What so, was his question? There was two, period. Um, <laughs> number one, how would oh, you feel man. about a movie about the creation of either Jurassic Park or Jurassic World? So there's yes. two. I feel like there's two ways you could look at this. Well, probably just one way from from this standpoint here, but – how would you like a movie about either the creation of Jurassic Park or Jurassic World? Um, I'm assuming this means in terms of from inside the film, like inside canon. So you're, you're yeah. literally watching them set up Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Or you could look at it and be like, hey, here's a documentary about how they made Jurassic Park and how they made <laughs> oh, Jurassic World. <laughs> okay. I'd like both of, of those options, to be honest. Wow, you're on it today. Look at this. I'm thinking think of, of all one. the options. Loopholes. Yeah, that's the theme. Loop, plo- no, no, no. The theme's plot holes, not loopholes. Oh, it could be both. <laughs> plot hole holes in, in general. <laughs> holes. Donut um, holes. Yeah. There's, oh, there's I hope plenty. donut holes are in the next one. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, my God. That would be great. Um, they head over to Dunkin' yes, Donuts for some reason. Yes to everything... You said because I love both options, honestly. Yeah, I um, I yeah, I would definitely love specifically like I always talk about Jurassic World, but specifically mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. I think I would like to dive back into that territory just because it's so untamed and and just would be interesting to see that. And I'm always interested in learning like about Walt Disney's uh, you know, creation of the parks and stuff like that. I yes. love looking at you know f- footage and and images of you know both california and florida like when they were just wilderness or you know just mm-hmm. a, a, a orange grove or whatever it was you know like it, it's it's interesting to see those images and, and see how the parks came to existence so i would love to see jurassic park and i guess jurassic world would probably have that same thing but i like the the nostalgia of the jurassic park like vibe that i feel like that movie would have um, I think that would be pretty cool to see. Um, but yeah, and and hey, if you meant a documentary about how they made Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, that would be great as well. There there are some good ones uh, as far as Jurassic Park is concerned, but uh, mm-hmm. Jurassic World, we just have like, you know, 
five minute clips on DVDs. So that's a shame. Nowadays, I mean, they should be doing all kinds of things. But um, I know that with the evolution of Claire, that's what I was hoping for. But my thirst was not fully quenched because it like stopped right where I wanted to go. Loved everything there, but then it it stopped at the actual part of when the park like was being put together. It was great, and and then it just like wait, I wanted to see more, so I'm still not quenched in yeah, my well, pre Jurassic World area. So that was an interesting still one. A little open space. There was me. some there was some definitely time like passage of time in that book, but you you got to the island when it was already built. I felt like for the most part. You know, and then you left before, like before guests, right? I think, I think it was yeah. before they got guests. So you didn't really yeah. see these like interesting periods of time where you would love to see how they implemented certain things. You just saw them already on a pre-existing area where you know you didn't really dive into the creation too much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would definitely like that. Yeah. So hopefully we get something eventually. You know, like they could do all of these things, and we would buy all the things. So just universal make the things yep i will buy all the things question two what is your favorite mattel dinosaur hmm. what is my favorite mattel dinosaur i feel like we answered this so many times and i yes, always probably. have a different answer <laughs> and i'm so so inconsistent with life but you know well since the brachiosaurus came out and all that maybe i'll say that one because oh. that's like the the dino of the day so yeah well that's the thing you know like new toys come out almost every time we record an episode. So even if we are asked this question every time, that that answer may change. Uh, I can't say the Brachiosaurus just yet because I haven't opened it. I am mm. <laughs> so sorry to, to reveal that. You know, like it's such a struggle to, to find this thing on the first day. And I found it and then it literally is just sitting behind me waiting for me to film it. Because that's how you have to do things here. So I'll see that. It's a process. You just can't yeah. be like, yay, Brachiosaurus. You're like, oh, got to no. film it, got to review it, got to <laughs> put it up, got to edit. And then maybe I could play with it. And at this point, it's like everybody's already done their unboxings and everything. So I'm just like, I don't know how I want to really tackle it. And then I have no time to even think about how, how I want to tackle it. So it's just going to sit in a box. I don't, I'll open it in like two years probably. <laughs> Uh, I still have stuff from the first initial line, just still sitting in boxes that I've never opened. So, oh, it's you not looking good. It's not you remember well. that? Um, oh, I got Merchanoid or whatever that site was that like they had the Jurassic Park boxes and the Jurassic World boxes with like the um park maps in them and the oh, license yeah. plate things. I have the Jurassic World one, which I've never opened because I wasn't <laughs> sure if I wanted to do an unboxing. Or- yeah. If what I wanted to do, I just got like you. I just got like overwhelmed with it, and it's just not opened. Yeah. So more more interestingly than looking into how to manage fandoms is how to manage the behind the scenes of your own projects. It's like it's yeah. impossible sometimes to get to the stuff that you have to get to. Like I have so many toys just sitting in boxes ready to review, um, and so many plans and. Uh, it's just it's too much. So many emails to open and, and to get through, but you can only handle one at a time. But as far as like he said it here that it's uh, tied between the Indominus and the Mosasaurus, I think those are both fantastic choices. Mm-hmm. You can't really go wrong with either of those. The Indominus is, is amazing. The Mosasaurus is like super innovative for us here in, in the Jurassic franchise. That's such an awesome creation. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean – 
I really do love the super colossal. I say that every time. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. recently, recently I've been loving the primal pal blue. I think that's a lot of fun. Um, but I'm sure it would probably be the Brachiosaurus if I open that thing. <laughs> so eventually. See, sometimes it's just easier not to open it because, you know, there's a whole lot of work coming if you do open it. Well, seriously, honestly, if I open that, it's going to take me at least 30 minutes to film. And then mm -hmm. I have to work on a video for probably four hours. It's probably going to take me four hours to edit. No joke. So they it's usually take about that long. That so, <laughs> yeah. And then you get to talk about uploading and writing the descriptions mm -hmm. and doing all that stuff. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a process. I, can, I can't just open anything. I got to actually produce. So, yeah. Struggles. Struggles of a <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> Um, thank you, Leighton. That was, uh, that was fun. Uh, let's move on here to, uh, we actually have two voicemails from Rowan. I know, uh, we messed up uh, a little while back. I think we got you again last month, but, uh, let's do it twice here. So here we've got the, the first one from Rowan. Hey guys, it's Rowan. Hey, I, uh, just recently, a couple days ago, watched the Battle of Big Rock, uh, for some Ooh. reason, it kind of got past my radar, uh, that it was even out, and no. I like never heard anything about it. I, it doesn't help that I was I was on like a three night trip without service in the woods. Uh, oh, oh but, good, uh, good timing. Anyway, <laughs> I saw it and I thought it was awesome. And uh, do I dare say that it's scarier and more terrifying than either one of the Jurassic World movies? Um, I don't know. There's something about the baby crying. And for me, a guy that has three kids of his own and just, just the terrifying nature of hearing one of your kids crying alone is kind of scary enough. It's like, oh, geez, what's going on? And then to put it with a dinosaur is about to eat him, uh, I don't know, just something was just super uneasy feeling about it. Unlike, I mean, the other movies get scary moments too, but um, I don't know. I just like that. I like that vibe that they created there. I was, kind of curious that i'm kind of new to the whole short thing before before a movie comes out i i've seen it with like animated stuff but as far as live action stuff i i just i haven't really been in the loop with how they how they go as far as tying into a movie when it comes out so just curious to hear what you guys think about kind of going you know if the jurassic world 3 is uh has a similar sort of vibe to that i'm assuming with the same writers and directors it should, and if it does, I think it would be pretty cool. So, anyway, just uh, want to hear your thoughts on that, and uh, yeah, I get to hear the mailbag back. Thanks. Bye. Awesome. Yeah. So, so Jen, what do you think about that specific moment? Um, do you think like this this whole thing is is scary? Do you think this is scarier than the other two movies? Um, well, I think we already talked about once before that I don't think I've ever thought any Jurassic was scary ever. Like, even okay. the original yeah. and any of it, I've never gotten the scary vibe from any Jurassic Park film or world film ever. So, no, I didn't think this was scary. I mean, I enjoyed it, and I do think that this will probably be the same vibe as the next movie. I do think that. I think that's intentional. And I do think that's, that's where we're going. And that'll be a good place because it seems like a lot of people like the movies. I mean, this short. So that's that's good from the get-go. But I don't think it was scary. I don't. I never thought any Jurassic was sure. scary. Well, I mean, okay, not so, all there. I so to differentiate 
scary between like scary and suspenseful, horrific and suspenseful. Yeah, suspenseful. Um, yeah, because for me, and the same way with Rowan, um, that specific moment with the baby is is very terrifying. Um, just thinking of it from a realistic standpoint, um, I see this is the funny thing is like specifically even between myself and my wife, like I put myself into a movie like I literally envision myself in that moment. Like if I'm watching like a, a movie about ghosts and I'm like, I'm like not just Ghostbusters, but like something actually scary. I'm like. In that moment, I'm thinking that there's a demon about to attack right in front of me. Um, my wife, on the other hand, will sit there on the couch right next to me, watch the same thing. And, and I'm like, oh, man, that was crazy. That was scary or terrifying. And she's like, eh, whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, did you not like put yourself into the, the shoes of that person? And she's like, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of. I'm like, oh, that's for me, like, yeah. You know, like, yeah, I that's that is me. It, my, I'm like putting myself in that situation, thinking about my son in that chair and, and what I would do. And now this is this is also an interesting point because when you talk about criticisms, um, I've seen so much criticisms, not about the writing or or the pr- production or anything, but what the parents are doing in that situation because the baby starts crying and. They don't really know how to handle it. They're kind of like just trying to calm the baby down with like singing singing to the baby, I believe, or something like that. And everybody's like, well, why don't you just grab the baby and, and cover the mouth and, you know, just shut the baby up and just be done with it. And then the dinosaur won't look your way or just go the other way or whatever. But that's not really how it works. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's not how it works. If I was to do that with my kid in that situation, it would just make him scream more. And it's like a very tough spot to be in because you want to try to control the moment as as quickly as you can. But it's it's so terrifying and you really don't – it's hard to think that fast, especially in a situation like that, I'm sure. I, not that I've been in that situation. But um, I think like you can't really criticize that because there's really no – rhyme or reason to like making a baby stop crying so it's it's very very terrifying for me at least i didn't even realize that was a criticism because that it made sense to me like of course you're gonna try to quiet it down what are you gonna do like stuff a blanket over its head i mean you're gonna try to yeah what what else would you do in that circumstance so that makes perfect sense i don't know i I I guess people mostly just want like the hand over the nose. Yeah. Like, but like, that's just causing more problems. It does. Um, yeah. It causes way more problems. So it's not really conducive to like stopping the crying. So that's, that's what's very tense and, and scary for me is, is the realism of this, this short. Um, they did a great job at producing something that felt real. Um, I know, I, I think I talked about it with Aaron recently in the wire and I know he had criticisms about the, 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 um, found footage style stuff towards the end. Um, but I felt like it was pretty realistic and natural. Um, but, um, you know, it's it's an interesting direction that they're taking everything. I wonder how much, like, do you think that the direction that they took here visually and stylistically from like a writing standpoint and, and all that, do you think that's going to carry over into Jurassic World 3 or do you think they're going to differentiate it? It's going to look a little bit different. 
No, I actually do think this is where they're going, and I think that was an intentional thing of they probably thought where they're going to go with Jurassic 3 first, and then they did this short in line with it. I really think it was like a preview of where we are right now in time, a year and a half or so before Jurassic World 3 comes out, and it's like that's where we are right now in 2019 in the Jurassic universe, and I bet you it's going to be the same similar vibe the same kind of thing happening and then I, I do think this was a sneak peek of exactly kind of what we're going to be getting I really do yeah and but I said it recently I want to get your take because I forget I don't think we really discussed Big Rock all that much last time around because we were still dealing with questions from like before our mini hiatus um, oh, yeah. so I think in terms of where the the short film led it really didn't lead all that like lead us in any specific direction outside of anything that we already knew would you would you kind of say that as well yeah i mean this is what we would expect even before we saw the short like this even after fallen kingdom like this is kind of what we everyone expected even with the found footage and everything i I think people enjoyed seeing that because we have been expecting it so to actually see it i think people were pleased with it but this is exactly kind of where I figured would go, and and I'm fine with it. I mean, I I liked the short. I don't mind where it's headed. I don't mind the vibe. I mean, it's fine. I don't know, really know what to expect as a storyline that's going to carry for two hours or so. But um, the vibe of it and where we are. I mean, when where the short was, I'm fine with it. I enjoyed the. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no I fun. think. Um, I I forgot my own question at this point, <laughs> but um. As far as like the direction, like where they're gonna go, yeah, I think, I think it's the only thing that they let us in on was the fact that the, you know, the Nasutoceratops baby was the first, you know, supposedly the first dinosaur born on U.S. soil. So that's really mm-hmm. the only thing that we're gathering from the short, because everything else you can kind of assume, you know, based off of Fallen Kingdom, all that other stuff yeah. would happen. You you could assume, and and uh, I think. Monster Man Alex and, and maybe some other people who've been going back through the catalog have, have been, you know, messaging me to say, you guys said this stuff already before Battle of Big Rock. You know, you yeah. you, you describe the plot. You describe this and that. So <clears throat> I think it's it's pretty natural, the direction, right? Like you could right. you could just assume, you could say in your head, I think there should be a creepy attack on a small village or a small group of people or a campsite or whatever. It's just a very natural progression. Um, as far as the, the outside of that natural progression, I don't really know where you go from there. So it's, exactly. it's kind of interesting, but um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we do have another one here. Let's go on and move on to the next one uh, from Rowan still here. It is. Hey guys, it's Rowan. Hey, uh, Hey, let's see if I can get this, get this out right. I always have a tough time gathering my thoughts on these voicemails. But uh, anyway, I was listening to the last uh, mailbag, and it kind of sparked an idea that I've always had um, as far as, like, prequels or uh, spinoffs go. Something I've always wanted to see, and I think a lot of other fans have probably wanted to see, is some some way of going back to the original park and finding that Barbasol can. Just you know, and it, it, if it was found too late, everything would be bad inside of it. And I think it had what seventy-two hours of coolant in it. But I was thinking maybe, maybe in a way, in the new movie, they could bring it back or or go back to that scene like a flashback, 
And I was thinking it could possibly be Wu would be involved. Um, what if he was working with Dodson and he kind of was in a dilemma wanting to maybe have more freedom and maybe he was going to get that with Dodson and wasn't getting it with Hammond and maybe you could flash back to a young Wu uh, who maybe stuck around the park, didn't get on the boat and goes and finds the Jeep in the woods and looks around and all of a sudden sees something glisten in the corner off to the disc, you know, off to the side, and it's a, a washed away Barbasol can, and maybe he's got a briefcase that's got coolant in it, and he's going to put it in there and go to Dodson with it, and then you flash to the current, and it's Woo staring at a picture of Maisie, and he just realizes all the all the paths he's gone down and the things he's had to do with genetics, and I don't know, I was just thinking that, that could be an interesting uh, scene or, or way they could go as maybe opening or middle of the movie to just kind of close out what's going on with Wu and he could maybe be possibly involved because it's, you know, with the genetics and um, uh, working with other people. So anyway, just thinking uh, that's a scene that uh, I think a lot of people have wanted to maybe see brought back somehow and that could be a way to do it. But let me hear your thoughts on it and uh, thank you guys. I'll call back again. All right. Bye. Oh, the Barbasol can. The elusive <clears throat> Barbasol can. Have we talked about this specifically? Because I feel like I've talked about so many things that I can never remember where I talked about um, it. <laughs> I'm sure we covered it at some point or another, but I don't think we've ever talked about this point of like having a flashback and okay. getting it and stuff like that. I mean, we've talked about it being in the scene or finding it on the island or something, but we've never actually talked about it being involved with things before well i know i know i've said this at some point or another like sometime so maybe rowan maybe you've subliminally heard me talking about it while you were like working or or driving or whatever but i i i remember talking about a flashback i don't know i don't think i had woo in the mix but i think that's a great idea um i i just remember talking about a flashback that you know it kind of tight, like sort of ties into how like Jurassic Park, the game sort of, you know, evolved around that same timeline as well, where, you know, somebody else is the backup to Nedry and they, you know, they head to the island and, and get the, th- the, the Barbasol can because it was 36 hours was how long the coolant would last in there to keep the, the DNA viable or whatever. So, you know, the, the movie only took place over, you know, a few hours really. So, uh, within 24 hours, they could easily have somebody out there, and and then we would never have even seen that in the movie. Um, so yeah, I think a flashback, especially right now, that would be stellar. Like we, that would be amazing. You could slot that in beautifully, and then you could talk about. Uh, yeah, I remember talking about this. Like, um, that you know, say say for instance, Wu got it. And I don't think I brought that up, but if Wu got it, brought it to, you know, somebody else, whether it was Biosyn or some other company, um, and they tried to get the DNA to work, but they couldn't, they had issues. Um, and then that was the end. So that kind of like, that's it. And then you see that company now, 26 years later, however long later, trying to recreate dinosaurs, but instead they purchased one at the Lockwood estate or whatever. So there's there's certainly a viable way to like introduce a company through this uh, Barbasol can, you know what I mean? And I think that's probably the best way to go is to say like, 
this outside company was trying to track it down. So say Biosyn. Um, and then you see them now in the future trying to do something with dinosaurs as well. I think that would be the best route to get, uh, to take. That's a great way to connect it for sure. I think that's kind of what people need. I mean, they would freak out if they saw the Barbell Soul Cat anywhere, anywhere. And a flashback, at, I think in Jurassic World, if they would have just seen it just laying in the dirt somewhere or something like anywhere i think people would go nuts but then to actually have a nice plot around it and a nice plot building idea and like you said foreshadowing and then here they are and where we are now i mean i think any of that is a total winning idea or including woo in it like like uh, we just heard i mean any of that is great i think people would love that and i guess you can kind of complain it might be fan service if they include it now but I think there's so many creative ways that they could include it, as you just even mentioned. So I I think that should be revisited. And if it's not, yeah. that might be a really big oversight from them. Well, you know, we're in this age of revisiting and covering, you know, the same ground, but in different, you know, uh, viewpoint or, or through a different lens. Um, I think that would be perfect. And it's specifically with Dr. Wu. I love that idea of you know, finally give him, giving him his due from all the way back then. You know, if he was to not have left the island right away and there was another boat that, you know, was from somewhere else, even though we never heard about that in the movie. And I know I talk about this sort of thing often, um, specifically when it comes to, like, stuff like, oh, well, the Nesutoceratops was never on the boat in Fallen Kingdom. We never saw that dinosaur anywhere to begin with. I think that's a little bit different than saying, like, something along these lines that we're trying to describe now because it would have been a a totally different story in general. Um, So I think having Wu like do that would be perfect. And just showing that he's kind of been a bad guy since the beginning, it it would help like fill out his story. And, and, and to be honest, like I think he needs a little bit more. He's such a great actor, such a great character, but he only gets minutes worth of time. Like, Honestly, I feel like if you were to add up all the minutes that he's been in these movies, it's probably like 20 minutes. <laughs> like, it's probably yeah. not much at all. I mean, um, you do need that connecting thread. Even to really just ground him as a character would be really good. And I think, like, the, the Barbasol can kind of turned into, you know how they did, like, they were, someone, I guess somebody made a, the raptor on the Jeep poster years back and yeah ever since like that's been a thing a theme something just people know and then they put it in the movie here i feel like the barbasol can't on the same level of it's just something floating around always it's just always been there and, if, and it just feels like they need to include it somewhere before yeah. this is before this ends they just have to somehow i, I would really love like say for instance you know the movie opens with somehow dr wu tracked it down he brought it back to the mainland. He's working in a in a facility, you know, say Biosyn, and he's he's trying to to viably recreate a dinosaur, but he just doesn't have the technology that he he had back on Nublar, so he can't make it happen. So in the end of the cold open of the movie, you he fails. He 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 can't get it done. So then you cut to like twenty something years later, and he's he's in a new place, and he's trying to do the same thing again. And he's successful and he, and he has success. And I think that could be a really cool like jump in progression there. That would be really interesting to see. Yeah, it need, we need something like that. It needs to happen. I, I'm on board. Yeah. All right. So 
That was two voicemails from Rowan. Thank you, dude. Let's move on here to uh, – this is a, a submission on our website from Jeff, and it says, uh, Mailbag, before my comment slash question, I wanted to thank you so much to both you, Brad, and Jen for hosting the Mailbag. I legitimately get excited to listen each week or each month you probably probably mean. Um, I, I work in a downtown and go for walks at lunch to get away from the office, and it's seriously a joy to listen to you both and enjoy the nostalgia of Jurassic Park. That being said, <laughs> I wanted to get both of your opinions on why Jurassic Park is so special to the fans and the public. I know for me, I was 10 years old in, uh, in 1993 and remember the joy, uh, joy the movie gave me. Sorry, can't read. I hope this is bringing you joy, <laughs> Jeff. Um, the biggest thing about the movie was the world headcanon uh, that the movie created. A lot of movies you see, and then you leave it, and when you leave the theater... Uh, wait, I don't get that sentence at all. <laughs> A lot of movies, you see it, and then you leave the theater. Okay, we'll just put it like that. But for Jurassic, it created this headcanon that my brother and my friends lived in for years to come. Also, I know you both state you have no idea what Jurassic uh, World 3 is about. Did Are you listening to us right now, man? Because we literally kind of just said that. Yeah. However, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to know if you had to take a guess regarding the plot. What do you think you'll see? Oh, no. <laughs> Rewind a little bit. Rewind. Yeah. I, I think it will obviously show the world now populated with dinosaurs, much like the book was afraid what would happen eventually. Uh, thanks for existing. Your podcast is my favorite. Jeff Holt. Oh. Thanks, Jeff, man. That's awesome. That That's that's great. I'm, gr- I'm glad we can bring you joy uh, through your downtown walks. And, uh, you know, I have I have those podcasts that do that for me, too. So I, I always appreciate, you know, everybody producing stuff and, you know, giving me something to do during the day. So I, I appreciate you saying that. See, I just assumed that this was Jeff Goldblum the whole time oh, until he yeah. gave away his age and then he gave away his last name and that just <laughs> disappointed me. But I thought this was Jeff Goldblum the whole time. Jeff Goldblum was 10 years old when he... I, know, I, was, I was in the question. I was in the email as if it were. But, yeah, see, you were living in it. You were in it I just like it. they were living in that canon. Um, I was there. Now it's gone. I was exactly like Jeff. You know, I was, you know, with my uh, my sister and my cousin and my friends, and we we like lived in that that uh, you know headspace where it came to Jurassic. We made our own head cannons, and we, uh, you know, we it, it all centered around the toys. We you know, just made uh, little kind of like movies or, or you know, episodes or, or new films based off of what we thought would happen with the toys. So that's how it like centered around, you know, for us. And even my my cousin and, and, and everybody, we created a fake Jurassic Park fan club. Um, and <laughs> I made like little magnets that were business cards. And they had like my home phone number on them and stuff. And it says, I actually have it still right here. It's from like 20 something, 26 years ago or probably or more, uh, or maybe not more, but um, it says the Jurassic Park, uh, the Jurassic Park club uh, manager, Brad Jost. <laughs> so I, I was in it, man. I was in it just as much. And um, as far, you know, like as far as why I don't know. I think it's just because it's one of those things that hits you the right way at the right time. You know, like specifically something with dinosaurs, you can't really help but love it. You know, they're 
like we weren't looking for the uh, hardcore in-depth analysis of Jurassic Park back in 1993. I don't know I don't know if you were, but I definitely wasn't. So it really it really was about the fun, the adventure, the action, the characters, not really about like the ins and outs of theory and all this other stuff and like chaos theory and all that really didn't play into my fandom at all. So I think it's just about dinosaurs and something mythical and, and, you know, something that was mythical yet real. Um, so it's something that's always interested me and that's why I kind of like doing, you know, visitor, uh, visitor center segments and stuff like that, where I get to learn, like, why, uh, do people love this so much? So, it's good to hear, you know, you're enjoying our podcast and you love it just as much. Yeah. I mean, I think I've talked about many times that I love Jurassic Park because my dad introduced it to me at a very young age. I don't remember a time without it. I didn't see it in theaters, so I was three, but I don't remember my life without it either. And my dad was very instrumental in introducing me to Jurassic Park and dinosaurs in general. So that part has a sentimental connection automatically like that's just always been part of my life and then to realize that they were real and that you can actually see the bones and like they actually existed and to imagine a dinosaur walking over where your house is now or swimming if your house used to be underwater and like that's cool to think about and just the connection of those two things of my sentimental value and my thing that I have with my dad and then the idea that they were real and they are you can look up actual things about them I mean those two things bridge together plus the great like the movie still holds up years years later so with all that comp combined i think that's why people really grasp it plus a million other reasons but those are my big three (laughs) i'm gonna say a pretty definitive reason right here i think this is a like i literally just thought of this right now um as you were talking so i think this is this could be potentially fairly definitive so when you're a kid and you're watching movies, right, you you watch stuff like Jurassic and you watch stuff like Star Wars, um, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters. Those are the things that, like, I grew up on, right? So, I, you know, I get older and I realize, well, time travel is not real. I, I can't I can't time travel, at least right now. <laughs> it's not a real thing. Um, and then you see 2015 when they traveled to – in Back to the Future, they traveled to 2015, and you're like, well, 2015 doesn't look like that. We don't have flying cars. We don't have this or that. You know, you watch Star Wars as a kid, and, and you're like, oh, well, you know, it's it's not real. It's just a fake movie. You know, you know, it, it, they, they made it all up. None of that stuff actually happened. Visually, none of that's real. Um, Ghostbusters, you're like, well, I mean, you know, maybe ghosts are real. Who knows? But, like... Not in this sense. We don't have proton packs to capture ghosts and put them in a containment unit. But Jurassic Park, you know, dinosaurs are real. And you'll, you'll never get to, to see that, that majestic creature in front of you. Like that was a – this is a real thing. Like you, you'll never – like you'll never outgrow how incredible dinosaurs really are. You know what I mean? So So from the moment I was – Seven years old or whatever, dinosaurs were amazing. I'm now 34, and dinosaurs are still incredible. Like, there's, if I was to see a dinosaur right now, it would still be incredible. If I was to see a fossil right now, it would be right. incredible. Like, so there's nothing about dinosaurs that has, has aged out of my enjoyment. 
And you know what? I'm going to take that one step further and say you can watch a movie about dinosaurs any time of the week and you still get that. But Jurassic Park goes one step further as in you're in the world we currently are where dinosaurs don't exist and then they use science to bring them back. So it's even more of a factor of we're not just living with dinosaurs. It's they're in, they're living in our current world where they don't exist. Then they do some science and they do exist. So that's even grounding it further and bringing another element into any dinosaur movie. Yeah. Yeah. So getting away from the grounded aspect of it, what do you, what do you think is going to happen in Jurassic uh, World 3 since we have no idea? Where, where are you going to go? If you had to take a wild guess. If I wild had to guess. go out on a limb yes. and take a guess, I would say <laughs> – I would say that we are going to get something very close to Battle at Big Rock. I'm going to just guess <laughs> wow. that it's going to no be way. the same feel, same vibe. <laughs> There's that word, vibe yeah. of Battle at Big Rock and that kind of idea. And then the found footage stuff. I think we're go- I'm just going to guess that I think we're headed that way. So so give me right now your 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 wild take on the end of the movie what happens in the the very end of the movie how does this movie end well, how many times have we had this discussion probably, probably never, I right. never right <laughs> i still like the idea of the nuclear power thing that we always talk about how the the stuff exists the research exists everyone has that power power but yet it's controlled by a certain group of people so it's not abused just like nuclear power is Maybe some people use it here and there, but for the most part, I, th- I think I like it ending that way, that they can't just erase everything they did, but they can control it, which is interesting, because that's like the opposite of what Jurassic Park is about. But um, I do think that that's where it should be. Like, they're just living in a world where this kind of power thing exists, and it it, it just goes on. We just go on with a new new invention, a new thing, like we always do. I don't know. I really like that. I think that's that's a great way to to end. I don't I don't know about end, but to to at least end this chapter of the story is to just you know let it be natural and 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 that's that's kind of been what is uh, the 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 consensus consensus from the beginning, right? I mean, they they knew that this was a bad idea from the start, and that you know chaos theory is like you you kind of like especially like with something like the butterfly effect you know you make one change and it drastically changes everything so i think by the time you get to this movie it's just like well everything's drastically changed now and dinosaurs are everywhere but that's 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 the most i think interesting take is saying that you just live with it and everybody has the potential but it doesn't really go that far you know it doesn't really take that extra step to make it all that scary you know for the for the like like the world just as a matter of keeping the world safe kind of thing because we do have stuff just as dangerous as dinosaurs and certain group of people have control over that and protect it so it doesn't get out and i mean i do think that the dinosaur thing is going to be on the same level it should be on the same level as anything as dangerous as that and i i believe that is where we're going to go and i'm okay with that yeah you know typically typically stories deal in absolutes where it's like the dinosaurs took over and all the humans are gone or the humans got rid of all the dinosaurs and now humans only exist. But you know that that can't – it's probably not going to be possible. 
either of those yeah. possibilities. Like, and, and also those possibilities are slightly boring, you know? And I think if yeah. you, if you take your route and say that everybody exists and everybody, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you sign into a law, you sign rules and, and you, and you make a new way of living. I feel like, you know, when you deal with apocalyptic stuff, you never really get to that moment where things are resolved. You know, you're always in the thick of the mess, you know, like with the walking mm-hmm. dead, it's just like, it's just like, ah, the world's just gone. And, and everybody has to make their own small communities, but you never really see that fully realized. And, you know, certain situations like other movies and, you know, whatever it may be, um, natural disasters or whatever, like you you only see like just people surviving from day to day. So it'd be nice to kind of see how the world changes after an effect like this to, to like open it up to how the world has changed and how we're, you know, not just, maybe that's a boring movie. I don't know. Maybe that's boring too, but I think that would be interesting at least. It's like realistic and I maybe realistic is boring, but nowadays everything is so unrealistic that that's the norm. And that's like, Oh, well that, like you said, everyone dies or all the dinosaurs die. Like it's going to be either one, take your pick. But if we go the middle route, I think nowadays that's the least traveled path. So I think Mm -hmm. that would be more interesting. For sure. Yeah. So that's what we think is going to happen in Jurassic world (laughs) three. Exactly. So hopefully we're still your favorite podcast after that, but I think we should be. Um, thank you, Jeff. Uh, what do we got here? We got um, our last voicemail. Uh, this comes from Mike. So let's go ahead and listen to Mike. Hi, Brad. This is hey. uh, Mike Christich. Uh, hi to all you and uh, everyone listening. Um, I have two questions for you. The first right. one is uh, with the new Jurassic World 3 movie coming out and having – uh, the original characters, if any one of them were to get killed off in it, oh, no. who do you think it would be? Um, I personally think it would be Alan Grant, just because of how oh. terrified he is of raptors in Jurassic World 3, like when he wakes up on the plane and the one's just standing there freakishly over him, talking to him. Um, so I think he, I think of the of the three main characters returning, I think it would be him. That or Henry Wu. Um, comes back if he gets killed off like he does in the novel. Um, and uh, the other question is, is um, pertains to uh, John Williams. Um, with the original cast coming back, I think it would be pretty amazing if uh, John Williams came back and did the, the film score, um, or at least was a part of it, um, uh, for Jurassic World 3. Um, I feel like he might be more open to it if uh, considering he's done with um, uh, Star Wars um, based on his announcement last month or whenever the announcement was. But, uh, yeah, just those two questions. Uh, I look forward to when you uh, uh, come back on the air, um, uh, aside from what you've been doing on YouTube, that is. And um, uh, <laughs> thanks. Bye. All right, Mike. So I don't know. I don't can't let anyone die. Those three. I, I can't. Woo! I get. Woo's fine. Whatever. Yeah. If you extend but it to him, three. that's easy. No, I just can't. And you know, I'm I'm all about the dramatic thing. I'm all about the big. Like I want the T Rex to die. Like I want that emotional thing. We want that shock factor. Man, I just can't. I can't do that though. With any of those three. Yeah. 
I think I can't. I think Wu is necessary. I think he. I think he'll go. I, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. But I as far too. as the original three, um, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe there's a chance Wu and somebody goes. You know, like that's possible. Um, you know, you guys know. I've been saying Owen. I just want Owen. Just right. Get, just, right. Just, just be done with that. Just Owen's gone. But <laughs> the original three, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, it's like, you know, Star Wars is all about killing their legacy characters and, and stuff like that. So it's, I don't, I don't really see Jurassic doing that. I, I honestly feel like they'll, they'll all come out safe. Um, I, I, I really feel like they will. I can't, I can't think of like a satisfying thing that would make me feel happy or, or, or at least like, you know, I don't know what, what the word is, how, how to put it, but like, like how I was talking about the T-Rex dying, like that real emotional shock yeah. factor of, yeah, you didn't want that to happen, but oh, it just, it, it feels so good to see it happen because you get that emotion and yeah. feeling and reaction, but I don't think I would get that from any of the three. No, I, I, just, I just feel I, like, I, just I would just, yeah, I would just be like upset and just not happy yeah. about it. And like, it would just really not satisfy you in a, in a conclusive way. Like right. if, if this is the end of their story, if it is, I mean, assuming, I don't think that would be a very satisfying thing to see ever. <laughs> so I feel like you just have to have them all send off some way, but I mean, Hey, they should have been sent off at this point. So why, you know, how are you bringing them back now? I don't know. But, um, but man, if I had to pick one, I think I think you'd have to pick. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I can come up with reasons for like picking everybody and and also keeping everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I was gonna say my my first instinct is Ian, just because mm-hmm. like you know he 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 died in the book and and came back to life and all that. I think it would be interesting to kind of like have him go you know because with star wars again i always talk about star wars like harrison ford always wanted to be like just killed off you know just get rid of me and they they ended up putting him in in carbonite and then bringing him back and then then they you know finally did the deed but spoilers if you haven't seen that yet (laughs) Uh, that's many years now um but like maybe there's some sort of parallel there between ian malcolm and his storyline and stuff like that maybe they could do it to that character um but then i'm like ah he's a family you know he's got kids he's i mean i don't know if he's married you know at all uh, whatever now but he's got kids all over the place like that's sad um but then i'm like well i don't know i I don't want to see grant because like i i don't know i i feel like grant still might be my favorite out of the three it's hard to say but um, I, I wouldn't want to see him go because then that would just be like a sad life because maybe at this point he's still not, you know, he still has nobody. He has no kids. Like that's what I imagine will probably be the case for him. Um, it still has nobody, which would just be really sad. And then to have him just die off would be I mean, very sad. <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, I guess there would be a shock factor for me for my purpose of wanting someone to die. I guess it's the shock factor of the T-Rex thing, like of the – like emotional damage it has on you but in a good way i can't find that with these three but if i had to pick one i would say grant just for the fact 
of the emotional factor of it, but then you're living a world of Jurassic where you watch the first movie and you yeah. know he dies later. You watch the second yeah. one you know, and and th- and you just it's just in your head that way. And then even if you have another movie down the line, you know that he doesn't exist in the universe anymore. And that that damage there, that last thing, like the T Rex, it's time because it, it's old. It's it, it's time. Whoa, it's time. But any of those three to think that they don't exist past this movie because they die early like that that's more damaging that that just ruins everything after it i think yeah yeah it does have a uh you know an impact and it certainly does through star wars you know you do feel that when when characters go um so here uh, you know I, i mean we don't have you know john hammond we don't have like a lot of characters you know in the future and and you you do feel it but i don't know it would be interesting to see how that would feel you know moving forward and i don't want, i don't necessarily want to find out to be honest like just let it ha- just let it happen naturally somewhere down the line off screen <laughs> like not a dinosaur death but i honestly i'll say ellie's probably the safest one out of the three yeah i think so too i think she's probably the safest i think this this movie's going to deal with her a lot more than the other two i i hope i think that would be interesting because the other two got their own solo movies so it would have it would be nice to have her like kind of have her you know solo movie in a way here so i just don't think any of the legacies will go outside of dr Wu. yeah i agree um was there anything else in that one there probably was wasn't there um there was two questions who would die, and then? I think uh, of the of the three main characters. Three main characters, um, or at least was a part of it. Um, uh, for Jurassic World three, um, I feel like he might be more open to it if, uh, considering he's done with um, uh, Star Wars, um, based on his announcement. Oh, John Williams. Or... Yeah, John oh, Williams. Right, right, right. Star Wars. <laughs> um, oh, okay. All right, so well, yeah, I'm, a, I, I'm all about extra John Williams. So yeah, you know, there's there's a chance. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a strong chance. I think it's a a pretty like near zero possibility, to be honest. Um, but he did he did come back. Well, not come back, but he he did um, write. Some stuff for Solo, a Star Wars story, which was, you know, the uh, that was the one, two, three, the fourth new movie that they've made since 2015. So, you know, he just and that was a different composer on that movie, like altogether. Um, But he did come in and write like a theme for Han. So there's a chance that maybe he could come back and write like a big three theme, you know, or something something for the legacy characters or, you know, something like that. There's a, there's a possibility. Yeah. It, it, the chance does exist, I guess, but I just don't really see that happening. Um, but, you know, Michael Giacchino could still do the, the majority of the, the score, but then, you know, John Williams comes in and writes a, a major theme or something that's sprinkled in throughout the rest of the movie that Giacchino uses throughout the rest of the movie. Um, I think that would be really cool. I would love yeah, that. That would be cool. Or, you know, Honestly, I feel like if that was going to happen, it, it should have happened like in the last movie, you know, some sort of island theme or something like Giacchino did a great job, fantastic job on that score. I absolutely love it. But like if you're going to send off the island like that, that feels like a moment you would want to bring John Williams back yeah. for. 
But this one, this movie here seems like like the good, the big goodbye of it all and, and the finale or whatever. Not even know it probably won't be, but in general. Yeah. And I mean, you're bringing the back, the back the originals. It does make sense what you're saying to just yeah. kind of have him do an original theme there with them. So, I, I like that a lot. And it would make sense, I think, with so where we are. So if he kills are. off all three, it's like, all right, we got to bring back John. <laughs> we got to bring yeah, him back. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> But I like I I do like the idea. Um, I don't know how much it matters at this point in time. You know, Giacchino has done a, a fabulous job, and he he is totally capable of of creating emotions and and spectacular music. So I don't know. I don't think it really matters at this point, especially because he, the reason he came back in Star Wars is because like he's still active in Star Wars. He's been the the composer for the main saga of that since the beginning. Um, he didn't. He didn't compose Rogue One. That was Giacchino, um, and he didn't compose Solo. But I forget. I'm blanking on who that was. Um, but everything else he's made. So Jurassic, he hasn't. He just made two, and that was it. And he was done. And that, that was 1997. Was the last time, you know, that he made music for the series. And then we had you know Jurassic Park three, Jurassic World, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So there's been more movies without him than there was with him. So. Uh, I don't really see it happening, to be honest. And I mean, even if he didn't or did, no one would really, the general people, nobody would really notice. But it would just be like one of those things of, oh, that's nice, like kind of full circle. Like, oh, that's nice that that happened. Or if people wouldn't even might not notice for a long time and then they see it on Twitter, like 20 years ago, John Williams recorded this small piece for Jurassic World 3 or something. Like, oh, well, that's nice. Like, it's just a nice little, like a Disney bonus, a nice cast member bonus. And not not just like, um, I don't know, we'll notice, but like I said, it would be just a nice (laughs) little thing. Like, oh, yeah. how about that? And the guy is, is, I think he's 87 years old at this point, and he's still conducting and still creating music, and that is spectacular. Um, Amy Doherty did a great job with Battle at Big Rock, but that would have been a great opportunity to bring him back for something eight minutes long. You know, hey, John, we just need, like, a few minutes worth of music, probably, like, you know, five, six minutes at the most. I don't know how much music is really there, but probably along those lines. Um, but... They brought in a, a new composer. So, I mean, it's we. I don't think we have any kind of confirmation that Giacchino is going to be back at all. But I think it's safe to say he probably will. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe Amy Doherty's in the mix somewhere here too. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, we're going with the vibe, right? We're saying, well, we're in the vibe of Battle Big Rock, so maybe so. Yeah. But uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, let's move on here to our final thing for the day. This is uh, another website submission. This comes from Dan, and it says, Old JP Toys versus New. Now, I think we, we did uh, – I'm going to preface this. I think we answered a voicemail or an email or something last month about, um, you know, we what – Yeah, right? Like about kids today, what yes. their thoughts are on the old toys and saying that the new toy, that the kids today think the new toys are better than the old toys. Um, so this says, hi, Brad, just listening to your podcast, which is great. Thank you. Uh, in a recent episode, you were talking about which toy toys kids liked more, new, new or old. I still have a huge collection of original JP toys and Lost World toys and a few JP3 toys, but I didn't get into JP3 toys that much because I was so mad about the Spino killing the T-Rex. 
but I'm over it now. I started having kids in 2011, and now my wife and I have four children age eight to newborn. Wow. And I didn't uh, just throw all my JP toys to my kids because I didn't want them to just smash them all, but <laughs> but I would bring them out every once in a while. So it, it's uh, it's become a special occasion when we pull out the JP toys. Then when the Jurassic World toys came out, I started buying my kids their own J- JW toys, and they love those. We've used. Uh, we've used it as an incentive to teach them how mu- how to save up money for things and stuff like that. So now that we've got two collections going, the kids will play with their Jurassic World toys every day. And then every once in a while, we'll pull out the old JP toys and they'll go wild whenever we do that. They love the old ones probably more than the new ones. That may be because I've in- ingrained them and we've got to treat the old ones with respect and be a little bit more gentle with them. But I think they, uh, but I think they think the old human figures are cooler because they're bigger and have cooler weapons and cooler vehicles, and they love the Red Rex and the Bull Rex too. Also, my old Packy figure with the ram head action is broken, so when you load his head and hit it, uh, hit the button, it pops out and flies across the room like a little dart gun. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. So they love that. Uh, anyway, I wanted to put my two cents in on the topic that my kids view the old JP toys as way cooler than the new, even though they love the new stuff too. Dan. Interesting. Awesome, Dan. So that yeah. is the opposite. That's the opposite of what we had last time. Yeah, that's great. That is great to hear because I I've, I think we reached out and wanted people to send in their uh, thoughts about this too. So, so thank you, Dan. But um I love that, you know, you've created this mentality where, you know, it's a treat to kind of take these things out and, you know, we're not going to do this all the time. You know, if you guys are, are good or whatever, we'll bring them out and, and play with them for a little bit, but you got to treat them with respect. Like, I, I really appreciate that because, um, you know, some sometimes kids can just take a toy and just smash it and not really care all that much. So it's good that you've kind of ingrained them with that that mentality to be like, you know, look, these are these mean something to me and, 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 uh, you know, they're old and, and treat them that way. So I like that. You know, recently I, um, I just brought out my Ghostbusters toys because we've been watching Ghostbusters, no joke, every single night because my, my son is obsessed with it. So we're watching it constantly and he's, he's only just about two and a half now. And I gave him my Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and my Slimer and he absolutely loves the toys and he loves the two characters. And, I mean, I can't really control him all that much. Like, I can say, like, every now and then, like, oh, be nice, be nice. And then he'll he'll kind of adjust and, and take it in a little bit. But um, it, at this point, the, the whole, like, respect thing is kind of, you know, it's kind of wishy-washy because he doesn't really understand. But, um, you know, I, I think he's been pretty good with, with my toys, specifically those ones. I'm like, you know, these things are from 1984, and they they've held up. But yet... I bought him a Chewy figure the other day from Force Friday, uh, the beginning of October, and it broke within an hour. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like these toys from 1984 are still holding up. And I feel like a lot of the Jurassic Park toys would do the same thing. They'd hold up. But yet, oh, again, the other day I was playing with Lincoln and we were playing with Owen. And then and then the new Owen, and he's like, he, I, I forget what he was doing, but I was playing with something over here and he was playing over there. And then like, he's like, look, daddy. And he, and he ripped like Owen's leg off. 
And I'm like, <laughs> oh, nah, come on. Oh, what are you doing, man? <laughs> and, and he's like, sorry, sorry, daddy. Sorry, daddy. And I'm like, it's okay, man. It's okay. And I realize you can actually just pop it right back in. But I'm like, you know, this is crazy. Like, why are these toys just like so easily destructible? But like, you know, I've got all these toys. Yes, some are missing pieces here and there. And and maybe, you know, like Dan, the Packy, uh, Packy's head just flies across the room or something. But, um, you know, the the they're not as destructible as they are today. So um, I, I think I get why kids would maybe like the old ones a lot more. Yeah, I mean, we are we had a whole discussion about this last week and the total opposite mindset of kind of defending the old ones a little bit, but then understanding why the new ones would be popular. And now with this mindset of respecting the old ones, but still enjoying the new ones. So that is such a weird thought process. I mean, I have no experience at all as you all, all have with your, your kids and your Jurassic toys. But, um, I don't know which way I would go. I mean, again, I have I have nowhere to go with, but I don't know if kids in general would like the old ones more. But I, I'm with you on that. The old ones are probably, they hold up longer. I mean, that's true with absolutely anything. Anything made years ago holds up so much better, so much better than anything made today. So at least there's that. Like the old ones yeah. have that going for them. Even if the kids <laughs> don't like them as much, like in the last call or last month, they hold up. So there's that much. Yeah. You know, I have um, Hess trucks that my my parents would get me every single Christmas. Um, that would be like their gift to me would be a, like a Hess truck. And, you know, they come out with a new one every year. And the there's big like I think they're like D size batteries or C or something like something big in there. And I have some that are from like 2004 that still work. The batteries are still, I don't understand, but the wow. batteries are still working in there, but yet my cell phone will, will die after a few hours of using it, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's, it's so weird how this old stuff holds up in, in weird ways. And, um, I don't know. The new stuff is just like, they're trying to mass produce and make everything as cheap as possible. And I think kids, you know, kids do see you can't that. You even- know? You can't even get good stuff, even if you want to pay for it, because we bought um, my we have a popcorn popper that we just bought that we wanted a popcorn popper. We bought a really nice one and it started to melt after the first use, like the first use, the plastic was melting. (laughs) Meanwhile, at my house at home, my parents popcorn popper, I think might have been my it was probably from the from the 60s, maybe. I mean, they just had it for so long and it's still going. For this long, still our there. new one melted after one time, oh, and I'm trying no. to find a new one. I'm looking on Amazon, I'm looking everywhere, and all the reviews. It melts after a week. Well, but there aren't any. You can't <laughs> find one. <laughs> you just can't. And no yeah. matter how much money you want to spend, it just they don't make good things anymore. They really don't. That's a shame. It's such a shame. I mean, like we love like I, I I know I do. I love all the new toys that they've been creating and and everything. And and yes, I think there there's some issues and stuff like that. And I think kids do see these issues too, um, in terms of playability. And, you know, we've we've learned over time that so many of these toys are eh, some of them are even broken in the package, sitting on the shelf. And you're yeah. like, well, like, you know, what are you going to do about that? You're just not going to buy it. But then somebody's going to grab it, not knowing, take it home, and then be like, oh, I, I just bought a broken toy. Um, or, you know, like the, that 
brand new Chewy figure that I brought home, which I, I think honestly it did. Oh no, it happened like right after we took it out of the packaging or something like that. I forget, but um, it just broke. Like the arm just snapped off, like literally snapped off. And I, I don't understand. Like I have more new toys that are breaking literally as you take them out of the package than, you know, toys I've played with for 20 years. So yeah, it's a sad state right now, but I think kids see, you know, what's going on. And I think they, you know, if you put, put the toys side by side, I think the majority would still pick the old ones. That's like a science experiment. Just get a whole group of kids, set all the toys out and see what they go for. Yeah, really. I would love to hear more people. So we've gotten like two so far, I believe. So so let's have some more. More people and they're on you know, opposite do this experiment. Ends. One on each side. So tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, literally like do the thing where you put put the baby in between the two parents and like which parent does it go to? Which one does it like more? You know? <laughs> <laughs> put the two toys down and which one does it go to? So that's a good experiment. Do it. Let us know your thoughts and we'll uh, read them or play them here on the podcast. But that's it. That's all we got for you this month. So we're we're raining it in. We we uh went a little off wow. rails, but we got it back and I think, you know, we haven't gone I think our last one was around this time as well. It was like an hour and a half or so. So we're like we're we're trying to rein it in for you guys, not go like two and a half, three hours like we have before. Yeah, we're trying to control it. <laughs> But, of course, we do have more voicemails. We do have more emails. Everything's still in the mailbag. So we'll save them for next time. But, uh, yeah, if you guys still have, haven't have heard yourself or something, it's probably still in there. If we're, or if you want to hit me up again, just go ahead and send another email or voicemail. I'll go ahead and, you know, try to tackle those as quickly as we can. But, yeah, we got a lot of stuff in, in the mailbag. Sorry, guys. There's still a lot of stuff sitting in there from – early in the year i know it's bad but (laughs) Uh, and i have i have some things i know there's one specifically that says it might be better suited for christmas time so oh man i said it why did i mention that holiday Uh, stupid i've ruined the whole episode i've ruined the episode there we go off the rails but jen in the meantime Mm. until that next December mailbag. Where can everybody find you? And what do you got going on? Anything good? December. Um, let's see. Well, what am I doing? I'm still doing the Bryce Dallas Howard Network at BH uh what is it? BriceDHoward.com, that's it. Yeah, BH it? Network Twitter. I just did the new issue of the BDH Network magazine where we interviewed Bryce. You can go check that one out, which is really cool. Um why I do the Jurassic Vault, which I'm so lazy on lately, but it's so much work. It's so much work. But that's <laughs> up, Jurassic Vault on Twitter and JurassicVault.com, fulfilling all of your photographic needs. Um, what else do I do? Do I do anything else? Uh, I, I don't know. That was a lot of things. <laughs> that might be all for now. Oh, for now. Unless There's I'm always forgetting something. it all, and then we're just... But I think it's just those. BH Network and then Jurassic Vault and the magazine. I think that's if it. If there is, just follow you on Twitter, and I'm sure you'll you'll promote it at some point. Yeah. Yeah, Jennifer underscore Lynn 89 if you'd like to follow me. 
do it. Go follow. And uh, guys, go ahead and, and send us more stuff. Like I said, we have stuff in the mailbag, but uh, keep sending it in, and we'll try to get to as much as we can next time. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have to wrap up 2019 next month. That's crazy. I don't like that. That's too fast of a year. <sighs> wrap it up and put a bow on it. <laughs> well, thank you. What do you say we get out of here? Let's do it thank before you. it goes oh, too God. far up. We'll, we'll talk about the, the the kind of mailbag that we're using next month in the next mailbag. Thank oh, you. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's always fun. Thank you for getting that in my head, and I can never forget that moment. Uh, that was, like, <laughs> the best thing we ever did. That was the best thing we ever invented. Yeah. That was well, such a – I remember that mailbag. <laughs> that was the most off-the-rails mailbag we've there's, ever done. There's two mailbags that I, like, remember moments from – specifically and it's that moment mm-hmm. from that december one and then it was also from february where i february <laughs> february where we, we yeah. went back and forth for like several minutes about uh, how to pronounce that month so <laughs> no and then you know the one i don't even know if this was part of either one of those but when we were doing the the dinosaur names and then like the and then tom created oh, that image yeah. with our oh, hands on the no. dinosaur Oh, that, that might have been yeah, that, in one of them. Even. That image won't get out of my head. It was horrifying. Oh, it was that's horrifying. So funny. You were on a T Rex, I think, and I was just oh, so stupid brachiosaurus. <laughs> oh my goodness. That and then yeah, and the Feb February. Feb Feb February. Yeah, I can't even say it now. That was Thanks fun. for that. That was that was a good one. <laughs> Alright, so what yeah. do you say? Until next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in December. Thank you so much for listening to the 208th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Of course, a big thanks goes out to Jen for joining me here today in the Jurassic Mailbag. Another really fun episode. Um, There were some some bits that were on the rails. Definitely some stuff on the rails. A bit off the rails as well. Some absurd stuff for sure. And uh, honestly, some surprisingly like in-depth conversation too. So I felt like we, this was just going to be 100% off the rails, but we we did steer the ship well. Uh, ship are not ships are not on rails, but you you get the analogy, I think, right? Uh, we, I know we are capable of staying on the rails from time to time. So thank you again to Jen, and thank you to everybody out there for asking awesome questions, leaving your comments, whatever it may be. Thank you so much. Um, just a reminder: if you want to call our voicemail line, you can do so at seven three two. 825-7763. You can email us audio files or questions to Jurassic Park Pod at gmail.com, or you could head to our contact page over on JurassicParkPodcast.com to fill out the contact form. So why don't we go ahead and le- uh, leave leave a review? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and leave a review for the podcast now? Because I'm going to go ahead and read a review, because that's what I meant to say. So we're going to go ahead and read a review like we do here every week. Um, try to f- showcase and spotlight all you people out there taking the time to go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, and leave your reviews. It's super simple. If you have an iPhone just go to your phone. You know, you have the podcast app most likely. Just go in there. It's really, really easy to leave a five-star review. 
and uh, we'll go ahead and read it there for you um, and and just showcase what people are thinking, if it's good, if it's bad, whatever it may be. We want to get uh, people that are searching for the podcast or searching for Jurassic Park to see your reviews, to see what you're thinking, and to see why you should or shouldn't be listening. That's fine. Um, but so I've been kind of like globetrotting recently, so I'm going to continue that trend, and I'm going to go... Um, over here to the UK. So we're going to go to, uh, yeah, we're going to go to the, uh, what is it? What do you call this? The, uh, the United Kingdom, uh, <laughs> iTunes. And we're going to check out the podcast here. Let's see. I'm bringing it up as we speak. Uh, this is great live. Um, all right. Ratings and reviews. That's all you got to click on. I'm going to read this first one here, which was from July. I don't believe I've read this one yet, but it's from uh, well, let's just say it's from Mr. Mr. B. We'll go Mr. B. Um, and it says, amazing podcast, fun content, imaginative, hilariously fun, especially Jurassic Pop quiz and the commentaries and the wire and the mailbag. It has an outstanding new, it has outstanding news and great guest segments every week. And I always look forward to the next episode. Keep up the good work. You have done amazing. For, you have done amazing for the JP community. Ignore Spurs fans. Seventy nine. Anyone that supports the Spurs is is irrelevant. Anyone. <laughs> Hashtag football banter. What is it? Fo- is the Spurs a football team? Not that I know of. Um, a Spurs. All right. So Spurs fan seventy nine. I believe is is our. I think it's our own. It might be one of our only one star reviews, and especially in the UK, it was our first review um, from the UK back in on August seventh, two thousand fifteen. I believe I read this one before, but uh, it just says the Jurassic Park three <laughs> of Jurassic Park podcasts. Oh, it's so funny to read this. Um, it says I gave the podcast a chance and listened to the first six episodes, but I could not go on any longer. It feels too rehearsed slash scripted and is not enjoyable (laughs) at all (laughs) there are plenty of other Jurassic Park podcasts that you are better off killing time with oh I love that I love that review so much um so thank you to both of you Spurs fan and uh Mr. B Uh, (laughs) oh that's too funny but uh yeah I mean you just listed a bunch of superlatives there um I really appreciate it. Jurassic Pop Quiz is an awesome segment. I love that one. We don't get that one as much as we should, uh, right? We don't. I think we need more, Mr. B, don't we? Um, but uh, the commentaries, we haven't done one of those in a long time either. Um, but people still seem to be loving it. I actually mentioned it, I think, in this episode. So people are still listening to the commentaries that we did. And uh, we have The Wire, great segment. The Mailbag, great segment. All the segments. I love all the segments. Um and uh, news and, and great guests, like you said. There's so much fun stuff, I think, personally, on this podcast. Um, I think there's just so much to offer. We, there's so many different variations of segments and and people and people from all around the world. And it's really awesome to hear so many different voices um, continually be a part uh, each and every week. And somebody like like last week with the uh, Halloween episode, Travis, he he's not like he's part of the our, our podcasting contributors, but like he hasn't been around too much recently. But when he hits like 
he, when he like makes a segment and and submits something for me, it always nails it out of the park. And I love that about our podcasting community is that like you know we we can produce stuff whenever we want. It doesn't. It's not like a set schedule really, except for the mailbag and the wire. Those ones are pretty set. But outside of that, it's like hey, whenever you have some stuff, whenever you want to, it's good for me. And uh, I love that about this this podcasting community. So. Thank you, Mr. B, for leaving a review there. Um, and I kind of want to uh, leave my, I guess, my advice column here where I, I just wanted to talk about, I think, uh, who was that? I think that was um, Jared, right? Uh, in the mailbag. Let me just bring it up here. Um, yeah, it was Jared who said something about um, tearing down the work of others. Um, and... I, I just wanted to kind of go off of that because, you know, with the internet, we we always find it so easy to just be like, oh, I didn't like this, I didn't like that. But I, I really, you know, it really hit home when he was talking about um, not tearing down the work of others just because of your own viewpoints or your own um, comments or concerns on things. Like, there's a certain way to discuss criticisms and, and, and stuff like that. But tearing down the work of others is not the way. So so definitely keep that in mind. If you're ever trying to comment back or trying to if you if somebody said something hurtful to you, uh, think about that, you know, next time you go to go to respond. And, and usually the the outcome is don't respond. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard. And I, I do have some trouble doing that from time to time. I think like I even said in that episode, it's kind of hard to not respond to some some negative reactions and stuff like that. And, and I think, you know, if you, if you, even if you're responding to something negative like that, just don't tear down that other person just as well, just like they did just be the bigger person in that case. Or, but I mean, just in general, just, you know, let people have their work and, and and don't ruin it for people. So I think that's a good thing. But if you do have issues and concerns, Bring them up respectfully, politely, um, in a way that doesn't tear down their work. Because just because we don't like things here and there, it doesn't mean that they didn't work really hard. Like, for instance, I always bring up um, uh, Joe Johnston in Jurassic Park 3. Um, I don't love the directing and the, the some of the angles and the camera work that he did in this movie. But I think there, there is so much good from this movie to bring out of that. And plus, I love so many of his other movies that, like... I'm not trying to tear down his work in a way that's like demeaning or anything like that. I'm just trying to say, look, look, it wasn't for me. It didn't work for me. I don't think those those moments were very good, but there is a lot there of value. So I think that's a good way to at least attack it. And it's not perfect, but I think it's a, at least a decent way of moving forward without being too uh, overly angry or anything like that. So... Again, try to do something like that in your daily life, and I think you might be better off. So thank you guys so much, and I'm sure you don't care about my advice, but thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and the mailbag and everything that we have going on here at the podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Let's go ahead and roll the outro. Saddle off. Let's get this movable feast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. 
so please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now. That's what I'm ending it on. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Do it. It's a perfect ending. What what more can you ask for? Just a quick woo. <laughs> a quick woo. Quick woo. Quick Henry Henry <laughs> Henry woo. That's hard to say. Henry he, February Henry, woo. Henry Oh my goodness, put this in the end bloopers. Henry <laughs> woo. February. <laughs> it's only been an hour and a half. How can we not say Henry Woo at this point? Uh, I can't say it. Hen Henry Woo. You say it. <laughs> Henry Woo No! <laughs> Henry Wu. Oh my goodness. Add this at the end. Add this at the end. <laughs> Henry Wu. Can't, we can't talk. February. Fe- Feb- Feb- February. My name is Dr. February Wu. February Wu. Gosh. Woo. <laughs>